everyone. I'm Carrington Anderson. And I'm Laura Lee Harris. Welcome to the Chamber Beat Podcast. You can listen to this podcast on your favorite platform, so make sure to follow and subscribe to receive notifications when we release our weekly episode. We will inform our members of the inner workings of Capitol Hill with updates on legislation tracked by the Chamber. Also, we will hear from legislators and decision makers who serve to make Tennessee an even better state to live and do business. Thanks for joining us this week. I'm going to introduce Denise Rice with the Smart Factory Institute here today. We're going to talk about one of our appropriations requests this year. And Denise has a new team member, so I'm going to let her introduce herself. And yeah. Well, hello. How are you doing today? Happy to be here to talk about the Smart Factory and very excited to introduce uh, Ben Stone, who is with me. Ben is the director of the Smart Factory Institute. We're inside the Pi Innovation Center in Cleveland, Tennessee. And what is really cool about it is is we are the only U.S.-based Smart Factory Institute. We're part of a global network, and we're the only ones in the United States. Well, we're glad to have you here. And Ben, do you want to introduce yourself? I know you're pretty fresh on the job. Absolutely. Like Denise said, my name is Ben Stone. Uh, I'm the director of the Smart Factory Institute for Business Development. Um, I have a plant manager background, so I'm excited to work with other manufacturers in Tennessee. And this is your third day on the job? It is my third day. (laughs) Wow. And where are you originally from? Uh, I'm originally from Cleveland, Tennessee, but live in the Nashville area. Yes. Great. Absolutely. Well, how about y'all tell us a little bit about the Smart Factory and what all goes on there? So we are a manufacturing learning lab where we are really showcasing technology because manufacturing is really changing, uh, changing the way it is uh, and the way it, way it has been. Uh, I, I am a former plant manager and spent 30 years in manufacturing, and I know we have a bad uh, reputation for being dirty and dark and dangerous, but with technology and the way that it's changing it, it's really changing um, the overall Um, jobs and the way that people are working and so the way that this uh, the learning lab is set up is manufacturers from all in the um, in the um, US can come to our location and they can kind of kick the tires try things out look and see what some of these new technologies are thanks can you tell us what a day looks like in the smart factory Institute Uh, we know it's in Cleveland and lots of people come and visit can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like So we are located inside the Pi Innovation Center, so right above us. We've got mechatronics students uh, that are are learning. Uh, We also have, there's welding going on. And these are our students that are getting ready to go into the workforce. Um, And oftentimes in the Pi Center, they say they focus on K to J, which is kindergarten to job. But inside the Smart Factory Institute, where we are, we are really focused on J to J to R, which is job to retirement. Mm-hmm. And I love to tell the students that when I first started my job, you know, 30 years ago, uh, I was very young when I started. <laughs> um, but when I started, you're still young. <laughs> we didn't have email, and wow. I mean. Oh, even you say, wow. <laughs> I don't know how I could go through a whole work day without emails, so it's just amazing. And so, so a lot of te- 
technology has really changed a lot and changed the way that we do work. Um, but the rate that it's changing right now is changing faster and faster. And so inside the Smart Factory Institute, we're really focused on that incumbent worker that's already is working, is already in manufacturing, but their job is being impacted every day by the way technology is changing. And it's really important that they get the training that they need and the support that they need so that they can keep up with the changing rate of technology. One thing on that, I think, um, and Laura Lee can really speak to this as focusing on workforce policy and other things at the chamber, but something that I feel like we frequently hear from businesses and manufacturers is not only the lack of available workers, but the lack of trained and skilled workers. Um, can you talk a little bit more about some of the training or workforce training that you all do? Yeah, we do training. Uh, we've really broken it down into two areas. The first one is what we call operational excellence. Anybody in manufacturing is really familiar with this. It's anywhere from training a supervisor uh, to being able to do lean manufacturing or Six Sigma, um, being able to do change management, innovation, um, all, all along those lines. Um, we also do industrial skills training. This is going to be your, your nitty-gritty technology type training. So we're, gonna, we're training on Allen Bradley's or Siemens or a FANUC teach pennant, and we really focus on micro-credentials. So um, what we're looking for is those industry recognized skills that manufacturers need so not necessarily a diploma or a degree but what is the short-term training that they need to do that's relevant to their job very very cool well um, Ben I don't want to put you on the spot I know it's day three but um, could y'all speak to how you partner with other businesses and manufacturers throughout the southeast region so we have uh, we have several ways that we partner um, you know the there's another side that we're constantly training um, a lot of the required classes and a lot of the classes that just help a manufacturer be successful. Uh, on my side, you know, we like to elevate and display our manufacturers. Uh, we like to show off their technology. Um, you know, coming from uh, a plant manager position, you know, I've been in places where some of the technology is, is almost as old as me. So it's nice to see that there are new things coming out. Uh, but like Denise said, there's two sides of that. There's one displaying that technology. More importantly, who do we have run it? Um, and that kind of goes back to the Pi Institute of this, this K through J. Um, those are our people. That's our future to run this, this new technology that ultimately is just going to help the state of Tennessee. Very good. Well, I know we have an appropriations request this session for $400,000, and um, I know that's for operations expenses. And um, are, is there anything else you'd like to add on that, Denise Rabin? I think one of the biggest things about this appropriations request is the fact that we commissioned the University of Tennessee Industrial Organizational Psychology uh, Master's Degree Program to do research for us so that our work, our training and the technologies that we discuss are based in, in data. And um, through the work that they've already done, two papers for us, and, um, uh, and in this research what we have done is we've really simplified the technologies and we look at it in four pillars. And those four pillars are advanced connectivity. And advanced connectivity we use every day. Um, it could be as simple as when you get into your car, your phone connects to your car. So the phone's not new, your car's not new, but the way that that connects is new. That's advanced connectivity. And that's a really good example of, of uh, some of the things that 
that are happening in manufacturing. The second pillar is on data-driven intelligence. A great example of this is when you go on your Amazon account, they have collected a lot of data and they say, Amazon suggests these picks for you. And that's all based off of uh, data-driven intelligence. In manufacturing, we can do this exact same thing for like maintenance and predicting uh, when equipment's gonna fail. The third area is human-machine uh, collaboration, and on a daily basis, an example of that would be your Roomba. So, uh, if you're cleaning your vacuum at, or if you're cleaning your vacuuming your house at home right now while you're working, you are rest assured that that robot is not going to run over your little puppy dog, right? Because they have sensors now and things like that. When I first started uh, working, our robots were behind great big fences, and they were, you know, multi-million-dollar investments. Today, inside the Learning Lab, we have an example of a plastic robot that you can purchase for less than $10,000. And then the fourth area would be your um, advanced processes. So this is where you're going to find simulations and some of your uh, advanced type of manufacturing, maybe 3D printing. But all of this technology doesn't matter unless you have a trained person who can run it. Really, thank you both so much for being here. Uh, budget season is coming real soon in Tennessee, and we'll continue to update all of you on the status of the appropriation amendments that the chamber is requesting. And I think many of you know, but if you don't, the Tennessee Chamber is also the Tennessee Manufacturers Association, and about half of our membership at the chamber is manufacturers. And we are really excited about this, and we love learning more about it and sharing that. So if anyone has, any questions at any point, we'd love to connect you to Denise or Ben um, or connect you. We're excited to have another special guest on with us today, Sarah Burnett, our Director of Membership and Foundation Development here at the Chamber, and she is going to talk about another appropriation request we have. And Sarah, tell us where you were before, how long you've been at the Chamber, and anything else you want to tell us about yourself. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today. So I have been with the Chamber since uh, the beginning of January. So this is my third month here um, now at the Chamber, which I am really excited to be here. I'm originally from Mississippi, um, but I was in uh, Washington, D.C. for about 10 years, primarily doing major donor political fundraising. My last um, position before um, I joined the Chamber was as the Finance Director at the Republican National Committee. My husband and I, um, we call ourselves refugees. We moved from Washington last year um, and now live in Franklin. So really excited to call Tennessee home. Very good. Well, tell us about Be Pro Be Proud. I think a lot of our members are familiar with it, but like, what's the status of it? What's going on? Yes. So in short, Be Pro Be Proud is a workforce development and industry promotion effort driven by um, the private sector. So it was started in Arkansas by the Arkansas Chamber of Commerce, and we have franchised it and brought it to Tennessee. Um, so we've made a lot of progress uh, with the program over the last year or so. Um, as some of you may know, the state was very generous in giving us a $1.5 million appropriation. The last fiscal year, which has been instrumental in us getting this program started and off the ground. Um, so we've worked with special uh, event vehicles corporation, SPEVCO for short, who is out of North Carolina, and they are um, doing all of the fabrication of the truck for us. They'll also handle the tour logistics and hiring the drivers and things like that once we get started. Um, but our 
our truck and trailer are currently in North Carolina, um, pretty much built out, pretty much ready to go. We're putting some finishing touches on the truck and on the simulators now, but we will be ready to launch the truck in August for the new school year. Can you tell us about some of the simulators on the truck? Absolutely. So, like I said, this is um, an industry-driven you know, effort. We're working with a lot of the leading um, industry trade associations across the state and and heard from our membership and really wanted to make sure that this program was going to be as relevant and as helpful as possible um, to the industries across Tennessee. So, we have 12 simulators on the truck. Um, that Those include uh, CNC machining, commercial truck driving, diesel tech, welding, a lineman, utility simulator, four construction trade simulators, which include HVAC, plumbing, carpentry, and electrical, an ag simulator, a forestry simulator, and a heavy equipment simulator. Very good. Well, we are asking for $1.1 million this year in our state's budget, and um, could you tell us what that money will be used for? Yes. So the um, operational cost of the program are, are pretty expensive. We estimate that it will be around $800,000 per year, um, and that will cover, obviously, the truck maintenance, the gasoline to get the truck you know, across the state, um, the salaries for the truck drivers and the tour operators, those types of things. So this money will be used for these operational expenses to make sure that we can keep our truck um, on the ground in Tennessee visiting students across the state. And Laura Lee, why don't we tell everyone as well why we think that this will be instrumental in addressing some of the workforce issues in Tennessee? So we certainly hear from all across the state our members talking about the workforce situation we have in Tennessee and how we're at a critical point for the need for not only available workers but also skilled workers. And this initiative will certainly inspire and educate students on all the different opportunities in skilled trades and we're excited to get it on the get it out in the field yeah i think that's a really great point and something that i think is so unique about this is when students get to go on this truck they get connected with training sites in their areas and jobs in their areas Um, and sarah i don't know if you have anything to add to that but maybe you could also touch on what the role of industry is and how we'll partner with other businesses. Absolutely. Well, going back to um, the truck, another one of my favorite things that we show students um, via an interactive dashboard on the truck and our website is not only what training and job opportunities are available, but also how much these jobs pay and what um, a career in these trades would look like. Unfortunately, we found that although there are a lot of available opportunities um, for students, you know, sometimes parents, teachers, students don't necessarily think that a career in one of these skilled trades you know is going to be very worthwhile or or really fulfilling and so we want to make sure that we're changing that narrative Um, in terms of ways that industry can partner with us there are sponsorships available like I mentioned this is a very expensive program Um, and so we are asking companies and industries across the state um, to partner with us as financial partners to make sure that this is a really sustainable long-term initiative Um, as corporate um, or or private partners um, you'll have the ability to be listed and promoted 
on our website, there's even sponsorship opportunities with the simulators where you could have your company logo on the outside of the simulator, but also within the actual simulation as well, depending on which simulator it is. Um, there's also logo and branding opportunities on the outside of the truck, which is really exciting. The truck will be, you know, crisscrossing the state all year long. So it's a really unique um, exposure opportunity for companies. And you're also getting your, your brand in front of Tennessee's future workforce. Great. And I think that leads us into our last question. Um, what is the impact of this truck? I know there's a lot of statistics and data that you have, Sarah, and just want to hear some of those numbers. Yes. So we estimate that one Be Pro, Be Proud truck um, on the ground here in Tennessee can reach around 40,000 students annually. And in states where um, this program has already been implemented, like Arkansas, South Carolina, Georgia, um, there's data that's come out of um these school visits where 84 percent of educators say that the be pro be proud truck has helped students understand training and career opportunities four out of five students have a better impression of these careers after they go through the truck and 73 percent of educators say that um students now consider one of the one or more of these jobs as a career path so we feel like it'll be really um, impactful here in the state I think that's a great point and something that I think is so exciting about this is often people, um, these skilled trades, like they don't have to just be jobs, it can be a career. And another cool thing about the truck, and I can't remember if you've mentioned this or not, but just really unique is it actually educates people on what the actual salaries are for some of these positions. And I think people would be amazed by, um, they're often way higher than what I think anyone would typically think. And just another comment about Sarah, she, um, this really has moved so much further along since she's been here. The chamber has been working on this for a while now, and she's only been here since January, and we are so much closer. And I think, is it August when we're, things are going to be picking up? Yes, August. We are excited. It is getting closer and closer. The date is approaching. Is. We're, we're really looking forward to, to getting the truck on the road. And um, we also will have a website that will, will be launched later this spring um, to, again, showcase some of our companies and industries in this state, showcase our training opportunities, our great TCATs. Um, but we'll also have a live tour schedule so that you can follow the truck as we're launching in the fall. You can see where we're going to be. We'll have opportunities for local companies and um, community partner partners to come, you know, set up exhibits at our stops and interact directly with the students so we hope to see you on the road well this is very exciting and if you have any interest in being a part of the be pro be proud initiative please reach out to sarah burnett um, we're happy to get you in touch if you reach out to carrington or me but um, we thank you all for listening and we'll keep you more keep you all updated on how to advocate for these appropriations requests